Hey guys, welcome to Get Creative. Here we are. Uh, the date is April something. 16th, man. April 16th. We've got Uncle Lonza in the house. He is staying in the house next door to mine. And uh, you just attended uh, Brent Daniels' yeah. event. How was it? Awesome. Amazing. What were some of the big key, uh, key takeaways? Oh, wow. Um, just so many things, but... Um, for me, I go to the events a lot to network. So I just met uh, some amazing people and uh, just the energy in that place was amazing. I, that, that probably, I would say that event is like one of the highest energy events I've ever been to. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of sub two community. Yeah, of course. A lot, like, lot of Astro and a lot of TTP. Yeah. And great group of people from all over the country. Um, just a lot of, a lot of wholesalers, sub the event was centered around wholesaling, but a lot of sub two students. So what did I take away? I just take, you know what I took away? I took away two things. I took away that the state of real estate, despite what anybody else might think mm. is, is going great. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that a ton, a ton. Let me have that little uh, remote there. There you go. The um, it, it is interesting. So today I kind of took the day off. I haven't ta had taken a day off in a long time. And I was like, I'm not going to work and I'm just going to focus on hanging out at the house and just clear my brain. And I listened to two podcasts today. They were phenomenal. Do you know who Lex Friedman is? No, I don't. He's like a modern day savant at interviewing very high level people. The average podcast he does is probably two and a half, sometimes three and a half hours long. And he's just so good at asking the appropriate questions and getting them to talk. And he interviewed, I, I listened to Mr. Beast today to get interviewed. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to Jordan Peterson. Are you a fan of J Jordan Peterson? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so I'm listening to Mr. Beast. And Lex Friedman says to him, what do you, if you could start all the way over, knowing what you know now, what would be the first thing you would do? And he said, I would get around people that are doing more than me because that is 100% of where my success came from. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, reminding this to me, and I try and tell this to other people. And you see this all the time. People go, Pace, Uncle Lonzo, what would you do if you were going to start all over? It's like, get around solid people. Yep. And they think it's just a cliche answer, but it really is not. Not at all. You know, we were at an event, um, which was not a real estate event, uh, about a month ago in Dallas. And Ann and I were in this event. We were in the auditorium, and we're like feeling like, out of place in some way. And then we go into the room with all the people that are actually like million dollar plus business people. Mm -hmm. And we're like, Oh, this is the room that we want to be in. Yes. <laughs> That's the room we all want to be in. Yes. And it's successful. It's really interesting because the successful people have broken through primarily through mindset issues. They've broken through belief issues and there's nothing better to help you get over your bad belief system around yourself or is it possible or whatever than somebody who's already done it. Yeah. And um, I think they give, you know, good advice, but more importantly, they give you permission by the way they just operate their life. Like I can tell my wife, this is interesting, even hanging out with like some of our friends, Jerry Norton. I, I could tell my wife for three years, we need to get help in the house. Right. But because my mom and my dad didn't have help in the house, they had 12 kids. And then her parents didn't have help in the house. It just something inside of you. Like you could hear the best advice. You could read the best books. You could hear all these things from outside world. But the second you get to see somebody actually living their life 
the way that you know you should, something physically changes. So three years, I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, we need to get help or hey, we need to do this or hey, let's hire somebody to do these things around the house instead of us doing them. And she's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That goes on three years. Then she goes and hangs out with Anne Marie Norton for five minutes. And she's like, hey, you know what? I think we should hire some help to do these things and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's interesting that the people above you that are living a, a successful life, when they give you advice, you automatically start listening a little bit more. Um, there's a higher level, level belief. And so they really just give you permission to do what you already know you should be doing. Yeah. You've actually said that to me a bunch of times. Like when you started the sub two mentorship, I was like, and thank you, Pace, for making me you know, into this person that I am today. And you were like, Hey, Lonzo, it was always inside of you. Always it's just, I gave you permission to be who you were made to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, we together, you, me, and hundreds of other amazing leaders in sub two created an ecosphere where people can truly be themselves and be go-givers and really help each other out. And, um, in other mentorships, it's really looked down on. Um, so anyway, guys, Today's topic, as you can tell, is whatever the heck we want it to be. That's right. And uh, to, today, what we're going to be talking about is any questions that you guys have. We're going to go over those today, and uh, we should have a lot of fun. Um, by the way, I think I bought a deal from Derek Barton today. Hand me my phone over there. Let me call Derek Barton yeah, real okay. fast. Let's see if Absolutely. I bought a deal. Derek I Barton used to be on the Oakland Athletics. He was a pro uh, player in the American League MLB in Oakland. And uh, he is now a real estate investor. Amazing. So it's like, here's his, his second life, his second career. But like when I found out he got into sub two, I was like, is that the same Derek Barton? Because I live in San Francisco. So I've so like that was a big deal for you. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Let's see if he, I, I think we did it. Hey, are, are we doing a deal together? Dude, I was trying. This wholesaler stopped answering the phone. Why? I don't know because probably everybody was blowing them up about this freaking deal. Oh, all right. Well, I'm still a buyer if you can figure it out. I'm trying, brother. Why? Why don't you have? Why aren't you sending me ten of those a week? Oh, uh, because I don't. Well, I don't market. <laughs> but you should go find the wholesalers. That's what I'm saying. True. Can't argue with you on that. Isn't that cool that <laughs> Uncle Lonzo recognized you when you came into sub two as a pro baseball player? I know he and I had a conversation about that. I just think it's such a small world, but um, the better stadium is definitely the giant stadium. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, there's a possum running around in Oakland right now causing havoc. Is there really? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully you get that deal. I'm trying, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's great. We, um, we're doing deals all over the country and uncle Lonza here to my right, your guys's left, I believe. Um, you know, it's cool watching all these sub two community members winning all over the country, whether it's all fix over. and flip wholesale, yeah. um, people, a lot of people raising money. One thing I got to tell you guys, a couple of things, you guys be got to be really careful right now, lending money and borrowing money from each other. The market, when it, kind of took a correction in the last 12 months. A lot of people um, loaned money incorrectly, wired money to people personally, didn't document things. I get, just got a text message this morning, somebody saying, I wired a hundred grand to this person. Now their flip isn't working out. I'm in a bad situation. Guys, be very, in fact, Wesley Grant's going through one of these situations right now. Wow. I went over to the property where um, his one of his family members loaned on it. I think it's going to work out just fine. Um, 
but it is scary. So guys, be very careful lending money to other people right now in uh, the current state of the, the real estate market. Things are going to get a little bit dicey over the next 12 to 18 months. But here's the cool thing. You can still wholesale. You can still fix and flip. You can still, well, not still. I mean, you're, you can gobble up deals creative finance wise. Are you seeing a lot more creative finance deals right now than you did three years ago when yeah. you joined Sub2? Yeah, and I'm also seeing like a lot more um, agents open to working. Like before, when the market was really good, agents were like, I don't want to hear about that. Right. Now agents are much more open. In the last six months or so, like before, agents were like, no way, Jose. Now they're like, yeah, let's figure it out. And then, you know, we just figure out a way for them to get paid too, right? So. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I feel like there's been two major changes in the industry. Number one, interest rates have gone up. But number two, we as an army of, of sub two community members have gone out and really started to normalize the conversation around sub two and seller finance. And these agents are getting hit up a lot more frequently with terms. And so I think over the next three to five years, as we continue to do that, I think it's going to become normal for agents to say, go to their sellers and say, hey, I can list the property or I can get you a cash offer. Or if you want to sell on terms, I've got a handful of buyers that will do that as well. We just got to keep pushing and, and fighting the good fight. Yeah. Um, that's been your vision, right? To make creative yeah. finance like the norm instead of like the weird thing that everybody does. Yeah, it was interesting. I, so when I first started and I was... Uh, starting to crush on creative finance, I, as a regular human being, thought, well, I don't want to teach anybody this because I am gobbling up everybody's deals. Right. And people started calling my strategy in Arizona, probably about eight years ago, they started calling it the, the PACE method. And the PACE method was taking wholesalers bad deals or bad leads or their um, inability to actually look at the deal and turn it into a creative finance situation. And then I realized, wait, 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 wait. What if I just taught everybody what I know? And this industry becomes so much more open on both agents, wholesalers, et cetera, that if we normalize the conversation around creative finance, I think that in 10 years, it'll be part of the normal education system. Like now, and then I, I thought, one, I'll have a lot more fun I won't feel like I'm the only person that knows how to do this. In, in Arizona, there's probably five people that knew how to do it really, really well yeah. that at least were known, right, from a social media standpoint. Eric Sage was one of them as well. And um, then I realized, man, if everybody wins, I can just buy deals from all the people that learn how to do this. And if, if you guys look on the board behind Lonza and myself right there, Lonza's in the way, but he doesn't need to move. You don't know, don't move. <laughs> Um, that board will be full of probably close to 500 deals by the end of the year. Yeah. I walked in there and I, you didn't have that up before. And I was like, mm. wow, doing deals everywhere, like everywhere across the nation. We got Alaska, Hawaii, um, all the way over to Boston. We've got a deal in, um, Boise that we just did a deal on. And, um, I don't, I, I never see leads from North and South Dakota, but I see leads from everywhere else. And so got shout out North and South Carolina or no North and South Dakota, please send yeah. me deals. We want to buy Any deals. Yes. In North and South Dakota, all you North and South Dakota ins, where are your deals? Why aren't you sending mm. us deals? Check this out. Okay. Um, great question. R Jones 1964 says, what is the right approach for hoarder sellers? I'm guessing patience and long suffering. <laughs> 
Um, the only people that know the word long suffering are people that are um, religious. That's, that's a very that's, right, yeah. that's a very yeah, religious. It is for sure. Long suffering. Any dealt anyone dealt with a seller who is a hoarder? Have you dealt with hoarders yet? Yes, a lot of times. Mm. <laughs> What's your advice here? Um, so hoarders are obviously slow movers <laughs> because that's why they're hoarding all this stuff. Um, I'll, I'll tell you some real world examples. Uh, we had a deal in Stockton, actually partnered with pace on that deal and uh that lady's husband had passed away she was just kind of in denial but she was in a position where she no longer could afford to pay the mortgage so we went in and um actually we held her hand through the process quite a bit you know what we did was for us i mean this is part of like what we do in the sub two community we found her a new place to move into we paid for her moving expenses we then told her like take what you want and we'll deal with the rest she still moved a little bit slow, but like, you know, in other words, we, I guess my advice would be just try to help those people out as much as you can. And we've, we did, we just did a six, remember that six figure um, wholesale deal that we did in mm -hmm. Southern California? Yeah. yeah. That was also hoarder. Same thing. We found, I remember we that found that lady, a new place to live with her son, um, helped her to move out, told her like, whatever you take, what you want, we'll help you to move what you want. And the rest of it leave us. That one house had like literally two feet of garbage throughout the entire house. We went in there with five people. In fact, Ann and, and Elizabeth came with me as well because we were doing part of the clean ourselves. We were finding like boxes that were shipped like three years ago that they never <laughs> opened. I mean, we were finding all <laughs> so, so much crap in that house. It was crazy. I wow. think that one house, I think we did like five or six dumpsters and I don't know how many dump runs. I mean, it seemed like another never any pile of garbage. But anyway, my advice would be help them out. Just help them out, help them out to get things done, push them along, do what you need to do. Yeah. And I would, uh, you know, everything that you already said, R. Jones, 1964, and everything that Uncle Lonza just said, I would ta uh, tap on to uh, top of that. Do not make them feel like they have any sort of disease, which actually hoarders is a, some sort of like, there's a disorder, there's something going on there. There's a psychological something that they're going through. And um, don't make them feel like they're going through something psychologically because I, I've heard other people on the phone like, hey, I can get you help. I can get you help. I can get you help. Now they feel like they have to defend themselves to you. Don't make, the, don't make them feel like there's anything wrong. Just say, hey, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? Don't say, I can help. I can help. I can help. Or how can I help? Yeah. It's really interesting. Like somebody going through a divorce, if I say, how can I help? They're okay with it. Somebody going through foreclosure, I say, how can I help? They're okay with it. Yeah. When you go to a hoarder and you say, how can I help? They are like, there's nothing wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. There's, you're the person that doesn't understand what, what um, you know, this is all about. You know, so. Yeah, that's, that's really true. We were in a house. Uh, I was me. We went to talk to a seller the other day and um, we were thinking about doing an ovation with them because there wasn't really enough equity to do another type of a deal, but an ovation could potentially work. And the house was like not in good shape, right? And there was stuff everywhere. And I was, I, I was kind of pitching the novation. So I'm like, you know, sometimes what we do is we come in and we bring the money to fix your house. And she's like, my house doesn't need fixing. My oh, house yeah. is in perfect condition. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you're okay, a, no you're problem. Crap. <laughs> crap. I have stepped, I've stepped on my tongue so many times in those conversations. Yeah. Um, great question, R. Jones. Um, Michelle, I think I know what Zoom you're talking about because I just talked about this the other day. 
Um, she says, I'm not sure if I should keep pursuing my real estate goals because I was listening to a Zoom and podcast and it was said that I will not be taken seriously in this business when I have an Android phone. <laughs> this piece said that. That's definitely me. <laughs> I, I apologize for it. Um, let me give you guys some clarity on the Android jokes. I used to joke around about football teams because it's fun to just tease. I come from a family of 12 kids, okay? And um, we always teased, right? It's our, our way of showing love to each other to some weird degree. And I used to tease people about their football teams. And then I had a guy, by the way, I don't know anything about football, except that there's a football involved in the game. That's basically all I know. So I'm just picking out something that is funny to me to tease people about. And I got pinned up against a truck and choked by a guy because I was teasing him about the New York Giants. And I didn't even know anything about the New York Giants, but I just made a joke about the New York Giants. And that guy says, you don't joke around about football. And I was like, well, okay, well, I got to find something else to joke around about. So I started teasing about Android and iPhone about the time when Android, I'm sorry, when iPhone was coming out with those really smart Android commercials where it's like, hi, I'm iPhone. Hi, I'm whatever it was. And people got a good kick out of it. But I think it's run its course. I should probably stop teasing people about it because if it's making you feel that way, Michelle, I'm very sorry. Um, it is a little bit of a joke. I'm just trying to find something to joke around about and tease people about. But I, I will tell you very honestly, when you get into upper echelons and you start getting into conversations with people that are owning businesses and all this kind of stuff, a lot of people in those rooms are aggra aggravated when you text them with a, an Android phone because it's harder to do voice memos. It's harder to communicate. You can't text each other when you're on the phone, when you're on the plane. So if somebody's on the plane, I can text you if you, if you have an iPhone, but if you have an Android, I can't. So there's all sorts of weird things that people are moving fast, traveling a lot, um, owning businesses and doing a lot of communication very, very quickly. And they want fast paced communication. Android and iPhone are really challenging to communicate with each other. So it is more intelligent at some level to upgrade to whatever communication device the people you're wanting to work with are using. And if that's Android, stay with Android. For me, I just noticed all the people I wanted to do business with all had iPhones. And so I switched over to iPhone. It's really not that big of a deal until you're probably three or four years into the business. And again, once I got choked out, out about the New York Giants, that's when I started teasing. I'm just teasing about the Android thing. So, not, so Michelle, all you need to do is just choke out pace and stop mm. teasing you. <laughs> no, um, it's all good. Paul Patricola, Pace, we were close to the finish line on that $2.2 million deal, and it's my first deal also. Okay, cool. Hopefully it didn't fall apart. When somebody tells you it's brand new, that they have a $2 million deal on the line, what is your immediate thought on that? And be honest. Okay, you want my honest? Yeah, because I, I think like, I think why, people you, in this business yeah, need, okay, need to truly honest, understand it. My honest reaction is like you've never done a deal before. Why are you starting by doing a $2.2 million deal? Uh, agreed. Me too. I, I just told somebody this yesterday, right? We were in a parking lot at Brent's event. And he says, Pace, what advice do you have? I have a deal. It's in um, Malibu, California. And I know, I know they were. The deal, yeah. The ARV is $8 million. Yeah, yeah. The seller wants 6.7. I go, bro. And he, he wants like $3.5 million up front. He wants three point. He'll, he's like, I'll sell or finance it to you, but I want 3.5 million up front. I'm like, bro, yeah. you could buy my like, 400 sub two deals with $3.85 million. Like, what are you doing? And 
my advice to you when you're new is stick to the average median home price in your specific area. So how do we find that out? Well, I'll show you. Let's let's figure it out. I'll show you guys how easy this is. Let's go um, present mode, okay? And we'll find out. I'm going to see if you go to the same thing that I use on this. Oh, I don't know. All I'm going to do is this. Watch. I'm going to say okay. um, Phoenix average home price. Boom. Wow, that's gone down a lot, actually. Um, How much was it? It was 450 last year. Yeah, you want me to tell you another free website where you can do that? Yeah, what, what is it? It's called bestplaces.net. Dope. You can type in any city in the U.S. and get a whole bunch of data about that city, and it's free. So type in Phoenix on that. See if it's free for that. So that's a little bit different data. Okay. Yeah, last year, it's a little bit different, but it's it's only 15. But there's also like a bunch of data about the population, median income, and if you go through it, there's population about the crime and all This that. is really good. Why do we only have two stars? That's messed up. <laughs> um, interesting. Comfort index and climate. Summer is 4.1, winter is 8.7. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. I, I think the winter is more like a 9.7. Yeah, I would agree. The winter's higher. The I summer's... think the summer is definitely a 3.1. Yeah. I think they're all, I think I could take one of the points off and get over to here, but, um, for $413,000. So here's what I would do. Whatever the area you're focusing on is, I would say, all right, highest number I'm going to go focus on is probably a hundred thousand dollars above that. And then I'm going to stay every stay underneath that. Why? Well, the number one reason why is because your cash buyers, the people who are fixing and flipping and buying and hold holding properties, they want to stay under that number two because when a market change happens, guess what? Everything is affected except for the ones that are the average purchase price or lower until there's obviously a, a, a serious slowdown, but luxury or anything higher. And what's luxury? Luxury in LA is very different than luxury here in terms of price, price point, right? You can't get a regular home in LA for $800,000. Here, you can get a luxury home for $800,000. So look at the price points in your area and focus on the average or median sales price or below adding $100,000. So for us, let's say our average home price is $400,000, give or take. One uh, site said $390,000. The other one said $413,000. Add hundred grand to that. It's $515,000. Don't try and market to houses that have a, a, an ARV over $515,000, especially for your first deal, because you'll be able to sell that deal way faster, way, way, way faster. Um, I get people that come to me in my local market and go, Pace, I got a house under contract for $1.1 million, and I think the ARV is $3 million. And I'm like, okay, why hasn't it sold then? That's at 30 cents on the dollar. And then you find out that in these million, multi, multi-million dollar neighborhoods, the houses and who built the house actually messes with the arv that doesn't happen in the median um price point nobody, cares. nobody even knows and right? views a view can dramatically alter the a price point right so when you get into luxury views and all sorts of other things really kind of play a part so i look at a two million dollar deal and i immediately this is you do the same thing when somebody dms you or calls you and says hey uncle lanza i need help with this deal it's a three million dollar deal you go yeah let's not do that <laughs> yeah exactly. right yeah absolutely have you ever seen one of those deals just pan out perfectly? No. I haven't either. So uh, 
maybe you'll be the one. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you'll be the one, like Ed Milet says, you're the yeah. one in your family that's going to figure it out. Right. And you can come back to us and say, told you so. Yeah. To, please. <laughs> we, we would actually love that. But, but I'd rather have 500 people yeah. that we're talking to right now, yeah. 499 of them go focus on the right thing. And one person come back and say, yes, I did. While the other 499 also said, yes, I did it the other way. Okay. Um, all right. Grow Summit was amazing. Yeah. Barely left there. Sub two vibes were present. Yeah. It was you really, really cool. They're, they're always present. We just take over. say that we take over people's conversations. Yeah, we really do. We really, really do. Bri Sorry, Brian Balls says I have two sub two students helping me with a Morby method now on two properties. That is the goal. The goal is for our community to be the industry leader when it comes to JV deals. Okay. Um, what about Ohio? I just bought a deal in Ohio. Let's pull up the address. I just got this email. Let's see, deal or no deal tracking. Hold on, I can't. I was about to just leave the thing. 2023 tracking. Oh, that's not the one I want. I have one that is, oh, deal or no deal. There it is. Boom. Deal or no deal tracking. I have seven or eight deals that are on here right now. Let's see, Ohio. And this is all through the thing that you're doing with uh, Abraham, right? Yep. Texas, Arkansas, Indiana, Sacramento, Texas, Florida, Indiana. All right. So we got two in Indiana, one in Arkansas, two in Texas and one in California. This hasn't been updated in four or five days. I think we have three in California right now. So um, we are doing deals. Oh, I, I did. I'm getting a fourplex under contract right now with Travis Banks. Him and I are going to be 50-50 partners. I'm funding his um, entry fee. He got a fourplex on seller finance. So yes, I will own in Ohio. We will own everywhere. Um, okay, best way to deal with hoarders is wait for them to die and take it from the kids. You're so wrong. That but is, you know what? That actually, that actually happened. And did I tell you that the deal that we did the six figures, the seller passed away on the day that we were supposed oh, to? Oh, I remember escrow. you telling me this. Yeah, crazy, crazy. What? How did you handle that? Um, had they so, already signed? No, or the kids had to jump in? The kids had to jump in. But fortunately, she did have it in a trust. The, the person who was a trustee actually was in the hospital with COVID. But when they got out, we were able to work out something. Them and it worked out yeah. yeah but yeah. um new york graphs a sign i am over the moon i wasted many hours on jerry norton man i mm. i can tell you jerry norton's one of the best of the best of the best yeah which i love him but your style fits me more that's here's what's cool about that um i get a lot of people say the same thing reverse they say pace you're great but jerry's more my style and that's the cool thing about collaborating with other people is because their voice their tone their age their story will resonate with a completely different person. And so that's why I collaborate with so many people is because I'm trying, we're trying to cast a wide net to help as many people as possible. And if it was just me on the camera and not uncle Lonzo, like uncle Lonzo speaks to a completely different um, group of people, you know, there's some overlap, right? There's always going to be some overlap. Same thing with Jerry, but the goal is to help everybody, but I do appreciate it. And I take that as a compliment because Jerry's one of my, uh, I'd say my top three heroes in real estate is Jerry Norton. He's, I would say, I don't watch a ton of YouTube videos, but his are some of the better ones that I've seen. He <laughs> is, um, he is one of the most intentional YouTubers in terms of wholesale and just anything real estate. He puts out not as much content as we do, but he puts out a lot more intentional content that we do. And I have to give his team kudos. Do you know who his team is? He records it. 
he he edits and he posts it. Okay. He's a gangster. He's a team. He's okay. a team. He has he has like four other people that help him out on some other things like email marketing and stuff Doesn't like he have that. Like twelve kids or something. Couldn't want to. Yeah. I when I was so I was in uh, Puerto Rico with Jerry a couple of weeks ago, and I told his kids I was like, I'll pay you five hundred dollars this week if you post your first YouTube video, and they didn't do it. I'm like, you guys should be running your dad's empire. Um. Ooh. Okay. Alfonso. Um, says, Pace, what do you think is the best approach to convince agents to work with us? This is a great question. Um, I would say start with agents that are actually doing deals, okay? So if you go to your title company, your title company has access to the agent list that shows how many agent or how many listings that agent had this year and how many buyers that agent represented also that year. And you want to compile a list of people that are doing at least 15 deals. I don't know. Choose your own number. Somebody's going to go, well, Pace said 15. That's just an arbitrary number. Throw a number out, but make sure that they're actually making a living off of doing um, deals. And start there because if you want to be converting an agent to doing work with um, real estate investors, talking to an agent that's not representing any sellers, it's not really going to do you any good right? Because your goal is for them to actually bring you opportunities. And if they, in their regular traditional business, don't have any opportunities, then what are you doing barking up that tree? Start there. Start with agents that are actually completing transactions and go to them and say, hey, I saw last year that you had a handful of transactions. So amazing to see you in the top percentage of real estate agents in this market. I'm just wondering, were there listings that you wish you could have just sold to an investor or maybe were there listings that didn't have equity or the sellers wanted too much? Because I'm your buyer on those. And don't try and go to the agent on the listings they currently have. Don't try and compete with other investors because sure enough, there's another investor that's talked to that agent or that investor has done a deal with, that agent has done a deal with another investor. Tell them you want their trash. Tell them that you want the stuff that they were not able to monetize on and say, how can we take you from 15, 15 deals uh, in the last 12 months to 30? I think I could be that 2X factor for you. I mean, you don't have to bring up creative finance. You don't have to bring up any of that stuff. Just say, how can I be the 2X factor? You had any, any advice on that? Um, I mean, the only thing that I was thinking is, is that, you know, agents will want to work with you rather than, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like it's like, I need to convince you to work with me. And, you know, as you go through agents, right. You mm -hmm. find, you just feel it, right. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, I, I vibe with this person. They understand they get what I'm talking about. Like I can work with this person. And then you work with those, the ones that don't yeah. like, I've like a lot of times we'll just go to open houses, right. A, a house has been flipped and stuff. So we can like see what's going on. And actually we've found buyers at those, right. And different. Yeah. I mean, do we just go just to meet people and, and find buyers and stuff. But like, we'll talk to the agent. And sometimes like, I remember we had three houses on our, on our street that were um, being sold and they were all like flips. Mm. And I remember like, we talked to one agent and it's just like, this guy's like cold fish, like forget it. And we talked to another agent. He's like, Hey, we're doing flips all over this. I live in the San Francisco Bay area. We're doing flips all over the San Francisco Bay area. Like if you ever have any deals, let us know. We're buying deals all the time. Yeah. And I was like, boom, there's a buyer easy. right there. Easy, easy. I love it. Uh, Lizane, hey now, that's not fair to new agents. <laughs> um, I actually disagree. I think it's unfair to the agents who went through and 
learned how to get listings and learned how to get buyers and spent all their time and energy sacrificing and listening to their broker and putting gas in their car to drive buyers around that actually ended up not buying houses from them and still fighting through all of those barricades and hurdles along the way to ultimately get to a point where they could actually do 15 deals in a year to deserve my phone call. If I don't call them and I call the people that didn't put in the work, I think it's unfair to the people that did put in the work. Argue with me on that. Dropping in the, in the chat right now. <laughs> drop, drop it in the chat right now. But Lizane, um, to, to be honest with you, I, I do firmly believe that. Also, I, I was in debate class in um, high school. I'm not an easy person to argue with. So um, I see your point. That's the great thing, right? The great part of being in a, a great debater is understanding the other person's argument so well that you can come up with the opposite of it and justify it. So I can justify both sides. And guess what? Neither one of us is wrong. We're both right. Will you get deals by working with agents that are brand new? Yes. But are they going to come in the first conversation, the first 30 days, the first 90 days? No. But if you have a family to feed, right, like me, like Uncle Lanza, and you say, Pace, you're going to go work with um, brand new agents or, or Pace, do you want to work with brand new agents or do you want to work with agents that are doing you know, five, 10, 15 deals a year through traditional listings, which one do you think I'm going to choose for the betterment from, of my wife and my children? I'm not choosing the brand new agent. Now, here's the other thing, Lizane. You are in a podcast about creative finance and wholesale and non-traditional real estate, which means you are not the agents that I'm talking about. You're out here right now learning about creative finance, learning about wholesale, hanging out in the side chat. So that is not a conversation to, that I don't want you to learn how to do real estate. And I don't want to do deals with you because you are obviously trying to learn how to do off-market deals. Are you kidding me? I would love to, if you're an agent, here's what I would do. If you're a brand new agent, this is what I, what I would do, okay? Going back to the previous question, the question was, Pace, what should I do to get an agent to work with me? Well, if they're brand new and they've never done a deal before and they haven't learned how to go out and get listings and, you know, drum up business, then why don't you as the, as the wholesaler or maybe me, primarily I'm an investor, I go to that agent and go, you're brand new, right? And they go, yep. I go, perfect. You might not think you have value, but I can tell you, you have a massive amount of value. How about you and me? Every week we get together and you give me the brand new expired listing list or you help me utilize the MLS to create data points. And together we go out and we call these sellers that had an expired listing or maybe low equity or whatever it may be. And let's you and I JV on the deals that you give me the data on. Now I would work with you on that all day long. So just kind of depends on where you're at and who you are, right? There's no, there's no perfect marriage. In the, there's not per, no perfect equation. You just kind of have to figure out who you, you're going to end up getting tied to, if that makes sense. And I think what Pace is saying is like kind of what we're all about. Like, you know, you always lead with value. Like what, you know, I'm brand new, but you can still bring value just like Pace was saying. And that's the mindset. If you have that with an investor, like there'll be tons of investors that'll want to work with you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maj says, Pace, did you find a sub two in South Florida yet? No, that was a couple of days ago. Nobody sent me a deal in South Florida. So if you guys have a deal in South Florida, sub two or seller finance, please send me. I'm buying. Um, 
Oh, I'll I'll fly to Colorado and hang out when we close a deal. Absolutely. Abraham Gray is the man. Yes, for sure. Um, J Jacob Caddick says, I've also selected agents based on their headshots. You know, it's interesting. Okay. I could see that that's either going a really positive way or really negative way. A positive way would be like somebody who actually took the time and energy to smile in their photo versus like an agent that's like, really, do I have to take a photo? I probably don't want to work with that agent because they're not taking their business seriously. But somebody's like, I'm super excited about this. This is my headshot. Yeah, I could I could see that. I could see the argument there. Um, Derek says, I'll work with whoever wants to make money. If you teach an agent a strategy, they will come to you for the next deal. Yes, very good point. Um, no, but if they are coming in with the understanding of creative finance, I have not made an I have not met many agents that are coming to me with a level of understanding of creative finance. It's typically me educating them. Um, unless they're a sub two student that also had their license, okay? Um, Pace, sub two student here, what part of Ohio? Billy, great question. I don't know, go ask um, Travis Banks. It's a really great question. Um, Jasper son, that's a really, wow, bro, you should be in debate class. He says it's the same with doctors. You'd rather work with an experienced surgeon than a new one. Just makes logical sense. But Jasper, that's not fair to a new doctor. That's not fair. Right. But it's my life and it's my livelihood. So I got to work with people that are, are, I got the business going. You could argue either way. So great, great little debate. Um, speaking of an of agent get together, are you putting on another agent um, I know I don't call that office new reach, Derek. I call it the sub two office, but thank you for that. The uh, yes, that is happening this Friday. I have 300 people, uh, 300 seats, actually. Let me pull that up. Let's see. Speaking. I need to stay longer. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, my gosh. You guys should stay. It should be a good one. Um, let's see. Deal or no deal. Abraham, shout out to Abraham. Really excited about this. Let me give you guys my travel schedule in the side chat. If you guys want to see where we're going, what we're up to, the next thing that we have is the agent class coming up. I just dropped a um, really ugly Google Doc in the side chat, okay? If you click on that, it will pull up my entire speaking schedule, where I'm going, what I'm up to, and you will see that this Friday, we have an agent class right here, okay? My attorney and escrow officer are going to be there. It's going to be four hours. Let's click on this. Let's see what this is all about. Is uh, St. Clair going to be there? Or? Sean St. Clair will be there. And same thing with Eileen Brown. Yeah, Eileen Brown. You talked about her yesterday. Double your business. How to, how to legally use creative finance to double your business. And this is for real estate agents. And we have um, 379 followers. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's 379 people um, pull up. But here's the schedule. Two o'clock opening with yours truly. Break down a recent deal. Uh, bought using sub two. Break down a recent deal. Um, Pace bought using agreement for sale. And then um, that's I, I get a, basically the first hour. And I'll be really quick. And then how a subject to transaction is done at the escrow office with Eileen Brown. And then... Boom. Legalities of sub two agreement for sale and agreement for sale with Sean St. Clair. And then we'll do some Q&A for about an hour. And I'm really excited about this. By the way, if you are a mastermind student, a sub two mastermind student, we will be streaming this to you. Sure. There you go. <laughs> if you are a sub two mastermind student, we will be um, 
streaming this for you. We want you mastermind students to take this and then emulate it in your own local markets and put these agent classes together in your own local markets. Okay. And if you ever need me to fly out, if you're a mastermind student, I will fly out and we'll do these agent classes together. It should be good. Um, I am speaking the following week at Tarek's thing, fun launch live. I will be there. Um, May 10th and then May 11th, I'll be at Grant Cardone's office doing a podcast with him, John Williams. I don't know if anybody knows who John Williams is, but we will also be doing a sub two meetup in Fort Lauderdale. And then I will be doing a sub two meetup in Boise after I speak at that event. Bigger Pockets Bootcamp that's coming up. I'm excited about that. West Palm Beach. Um, I will be doing a meetup again there. I'm just um, masterminding with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi and three or four other marketers talking about all sorts of new ways to market. That's not really a real estate event. Um, then I'm going to be doing a New Jersey and New York meetup pretty soon. Utah stand up will be coming out. And then I will be up in Wyoming, Montana for basically six weeks. And if you are a sub two student, man, I am so excited. Are you guys going to try and come to this? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. This is going to be so fun, yeah. dude. <laughs> this is be a blast. I think this is going to be the I coolest thing we've done. Miss this. Yeah, that's going to be gotta, cool. I get to get my ticket the conference it's gonna be good yeah it's gonna be. we were talking we a lot of people were talking about that at the um brent daniels event we're like, are, we, are you going you yeah we're going all you know you know i i'm I, here's what i love about bigger pockets convention is that even though it's a little pricey to get there like to be there i think it's like 1100 bucks for the three days or maybe it's four days it they don't have anything to sell there so like you go there knowing like i'm just being edified i'm just learning i'm here to network i've yeah. already paid the only thing they're going to pitch me on and I just love that. I love going to seminars where we're not getting pitched on anything else. And so shout out to Bigger Pockets. I'm super excited about that event coming up. That should be really, really good. Um, oh, look, we wrote that. Myron, yeah. Myron. Boom, there we go. We wrote that trip on our whiteboard as a top priority. So sub two students, please come out. Jackson, Wyoming, buying there too. Yes, Shane Carpenter, are you there? Please sell me a deal there. I will st- I will be there in my Airstream this summer with my wife and kids. We'd love to grab dinner with you and hang out. We will be doing a meetup. Okay, I have a contract that will cost 0.7 cents on the dollar after rehab. Would getting a private money lender involved to cover all costs be a viable option if I feel like I could moonlight as a contractor? If I was a private money lender, I would not give you money after that statement. And the reason being is because I don't want to loan money on a project to a guy that's trying to do the project himself with his own hands. I want a guy, Sam, that says, I have a great contractor that is verified. Other people I know have used him. His budget is going to make sense for the project. And I'm going to walk out making $70,000 after an oh crap buffer. Okay, like you always want to make sure you have a oh crap buffer. Have you ever hit a budget on on the dollar? No, you always go over, right? And even when you had your budget in the first place, you probably added ten percent just to be safe, and then you still went over that. Yep. Yeah. Welcome, yep. welcome to construction, one hundred percent of the time. Doing a flip now, and um, what came up? Oh, there was no water running to the garage for whatever reason. There was no water running to the garage. Wow. So, you know, no pipe. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. So I mean, that was like another three thousand, and then the bathroom was configured really funky so that was like another thousand and i mean you know it's just only like, a thousand oh, for a bathroom reconfiguration yeah, that's so that cheap wasn't bad i know but um but i'm just saying it, it's not a ton of stuff but it's like three thousand it adds up man then there's them there's the drainage needs to be fixed 
than the hard money that's eating you away because yeah. it took you an extra month to well, finish actually, the project. That one, we we got it with seller finance. Oh, sweet. so the guy carried the we we got a, a hybrid deal on it. So the mortgage he had two mortgages. What on state it. is this in? California. You can't do creative finance in <laughs> California, Uncle yeah, Lonzo. Right. You're right. What city is it in? Concord. What what's a city that other people would? Know? Uh, see, Concord is uh, about. 30 miles away from San Francisco. Love it. And about 20 miles away from Oakland. But it's, okay. it's like a suburb of, it's East Bay. Uh, Suburbs. Yeah. Do you remember where we had the meetup? Yeah. At, with, at Walmart Freaking Creek? amazing it's, area. With, uh, all of us when I first. I would live person. there. Um, it's right next to there. Okay. So Wal- Walnut you guys Creek. live in downtown San Francisco. Yeah. I'm not downtown. You're nuts. <laughs> but you probably have some of the best food on the planet next yeah. to you. Yeah, absolutely. You can't beat your spot, yeah. man. So you so you encounter some issues on that flip? Yeah. I mean, it just goes over budget. But I mean, the nice thing is, is that the debt we, is structured. We had nice. it, yeah, the way the debt is structured, it's not killing us on that. Right? right. But it's still, you know, it's just eating into your profit. I mean, fortunately, we bought that house like at about 60 cents on the dollar. It's like a $700,000 house that we bought for like $400,000. Mm. Uh, Derek says, I'm supposed to be getting paid off tomorrow for a loan in default. Send good juju. I will pray for you, my brother, for I will pray for you. Um, okay, so so what are the most important things to keep yourself protected when raising capital and especially connecting others to private money lenders? So first and foremost, I made a rule in sub two recently, and I told people, do not loan money to people. I actually made this rule about a year and a half ago. I said, don't loan money to somebody that's never done a project before unless they have a partner who has make sure. And this is where like being the more you've been in sub two, the longer you've been in sub two, you age like a fine wine. I don't know what fine wines taste like, but some people tell me that it ages well. So the longer you're in sub two and the more credibility you gather, like you probably pretty easy for you to get a JV deal at this point has been for a couple of years, right? It's like, it's all, they're all laydowns for you at this point. (laughs) So, um, if somebody calls me and says, hey, I'm in NorCal, I've got a flip and I want to borrow money from you. I would ask, cool, how many successful projects have you been a part of? And can you send me the addresses and the settlement statements? And um, also, if you were successful on those projects, why are the private money lenders that you used on those projects not just reinvesting in this project, right? Those are really quality questions, right? Um maybe this is going to hurt some people's feelings, but pay attention to this. If somebody says, Hey, I got divorced and I'm now back on the dating scene. It's probably a smart idea to ask why they got divorced. Oh, I cheated on my wife or I stole money from my business and my wife walked out on me or I, what, you know, I couldn't pay the bills because I wouldn't go to work. And so my wife decided she wanted to go marry somebody else. I think as a woman trying to date a man on the dating scene, I would probably want to know those questions, the answers to those questions. So it's the same thing with private money. If you're going to lend money to somebody, you probably want to know, hey, tell me about your previous projects. And if you were successful, why are those private money lenders not investing in this project? Is there something they don't like about the deal? Press hard, right? If you're the private money lender, they need your money. Press hard on those questions, okay? But I would say step number one, do not loan money. Don't loan money to people personally. Always have it go through a title and escrow company. Number two, make sure that they are either A, experienced, or B, coupled with or JVing with somebody else that's experienced. Would you loan money to somebody on their first flip? 
you would say, hey, like if, if somebody calls me and says, hey, I'm a NorCal, I have a flip and I go, oh, I like that. Okay, great. Um, how many have you done? Oh, I've, this is my first one. I go, great. Call Uncle Lonza, JV with him, and then I'll loan you guys money. That's how I That's how I would do it. I'd make sure that they're coupled with somebody who's more seasoned. Yeah, I mean, the, um, definitely all that is good. What I would say also, I mean, it's not like this in every case, right? Because you can have, there's people that you borrow money from that are like in real estate and they understand all that. And then there's other people. But for the people that are in real estate and understand it, um, if they do understand it, don't, Again, what Pace is saying, like, don't loan to somebody who's never done a deal. And the other thing, I've actually had private money lenders tell me, like, I wouldn't do that deal. Like, they'll give me, like, I'll give them all the particulars about it. And they're like, I don't, you know, I don't want to loan on this deal. And they've loaned me, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, now that I look at it, like, you're right. Like, thank you. So, yeah, that's. Um, you know, here's somebody made a comment earlier, and we opened up with this. There are people that are getting hurt in private money lending right now. And a large part of that is because they didn't listen to me in January when I said, be very careful on private money lending. One, I have multiple rules, multiple trainings on private money lending and how to do it right. So many people do handshake deals. They don't document it. They're not wiring to the right places. They're not, you know, whatever. But more importantly, I told everybody in January of last year, I said, the market is going to trend downward. And we did. We had an overall slump in the market, 16% nationwide. Guys, sometimes fix and flippers are only making 10%. Like some of my flips, I'll make 10% on a deal, right? Sometimes 15, 20%. So if the market goes down 16% and I go over budget 5%, dude, you're looking at 21% off from my original numbers when I was only shooting for a 20% margin, I told everybody multiple times in January, be very, very, very careful lending over the next couple of years on flips, specifically on flips, because what you're doing right now, the market is not going up. The market is either stagnant or going down. So whatever the ARV is today, you better take 10% off of it, or maybe even 12 to 15% off of it. And if it's still a good deal, then you should be okay. People don't listen. What they do is they get excited. Oh my gosh, I got it. I still have that problem. Do you have that problem? I have that problem. I got a deal. <laughs> I, I text Molly today. I was, uh, Molly and I were texting. She's like, hey, did you look at this deal? I go, buy it. She goes, you didn't even ask about the interest rate. And I go, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. What's the interest rate? When you get a deal, this is, this is just what happens. I, even me, I'm not, I'm not like immune to it. I still am like committing to stuff before I've looked at all the things. Make sure you have protocol in your company to make sure you ask all the right questions. Okay? Your due diligence. Yes. That's <laughs> what gets you in trouble when you don't. Yeah, this is a good one. Tranquil Gladiator. Pace, I'm new to your community. What's your take on doing sub two with market listings? Step number one, market listings work all the time. People do a lot of deals with on-market listings. Ask Jonah Korchin and, and hundreds of other students that do deals primarily with agents. But here's the thing. I'm not reaching out to agents that have listings less than 100 days on market. That's my specific category. I know we have a couple of students in Texas where they go, if it's on the market for 30 days, I'm calling them and I'm asking them, I'm giving them a low ball cash offer and then I'm calling them a second time and I'm giving them creative finance. They get deals. I and my our team, we won't call an agent on an on-market listing until it's been on the market for 100 days because why? Why, do you, why is that a better option? 
than calling somebody who's had the house on the market for three days. Yeah, because if they had their house on the market for three days, they're not gonna do some creative deal, right? They're like, I can sell the house for the price that I'm asking. I can get my money. Like, why should I let you take over my mortgage payments? Why should I, you know, um, finance the equity on the house? Like, there's no motivation there. There's no desperation there. Mm. It's like, I'm not desperate. I'm not motivated to do that with you. Right. But if I'm sitting there like month after month and my house is not selling for the price that I want to get, and I'm being stubborn about like not wanting to take less for my house. Because I mean, I think if you, if like, if a seller was to just say, okay, I'm going to keep dropping the price of my house, there's some price that it's going to sell for. Right. Right. But most sellers are like, no, I don't want to keep doing that. Right. I mean, right. I've been in that situation on some flips and it's like, it's painful, right? Like psychology, <laughs> man. Like it's the weirdest feeling to be in when you have a property, you're so excited about listing. And then after two weeks, it's not sold and you're not getting traffic. And you're like, obviously we did something wrong. And you yeah. just start second. You're like, should I even be alive right now? Yeah. Am I worthy of being on this earth? You start second guessing everything about yourself. And then at some point, you know, it could be even to the point where like, they're going to be like negative to where they, the seller would have to bring money to the table if they sell it for too little. So there's, there's that aspect too. So at some point it's like, okay, then creative finance can make sense for them. There you go. Um, Abraham Gray, my business partner in a lot of flips or in a lot of uh, sub two deals right now. And also a lot of uh, sub two students doing a lot of deals with Abraham. Abraham, one of the uh, pillars of our community. Thank you for everything you do, Abraham. We love you. Appreciate you. Um, he has a great point here. He says, the most important thing is to make sure there's plenty of extra equity that if they don't pay you, you can sell and get your money back after foreclosure fees and realtor fees. Yes. And also, here's the other thing. I had to, last year, I had to take over a property. I told in January, here's what ended up happening. This is where my advice came in last January. I had somebody that asked me to loan on a flip. We did our due diligence. We did everything we said we were going to do. We give them their first draw. And then they come to us and they say, hey, we need a second draw. I go, no problem. Send us a video. Send us photos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Guess what happens? A month goes by. And we're like, hey, you asked for a draw. What's been going on? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Why? It's because they hadn't done any construction. Okay? So then what ends up happening is they send us photos of the exterior painted and they made the exterior of the house look like it was like really moving forward. Meanwhile, they hadn't even done the demo on the inside of the property. They were just taking, they were basically playing photography games with us. And luckily somebody on my team noticed it and said, you're trying to, to basically get a second draw and you haven't actually done any work. And um, we called them out on it. They admitted, they go, you're right. I'm just low on money. I spent money on another project. I took your first draw and I put in a, another project. And so my team, we said, what they, they called me up and they go, Pace, what's our option? I said, we have one option. Once you lie to me, we can't do business on this deal. Now, if you apologize and we, you, you admit it, maybe I'll give you a second chance in the future. But on this deal, it's over. I got to take it over. So we ended up having them sign the deal over to us. And I'm currently refinancing. We went through a renovation myself virtually. And I also went, had to go and refinance it and put in my portfolio because it wasn't over that course of the renovation. The market trended downward. So now I've got to keep it in my portfolio. These types of things will happen. Okay. 
Do you think Elon Musk, with all the billions of dollars he makes, he has no problems in his life? <laughs> Do you think his companies don't have problems? <laughs> they all have problems. They all have problems. Yeah, the, it's like uh, the more you do, the more problems. You have, right? right, and that's the, that's the challenge is I think a lot of new people really struggle with that thought process of like, oh my gosh, I don't want any problems in my life, therefore I don't want to get started. Guys, this is not this is not uncommon. These things happen, and you have to learn through them and then continue to go forward and make money. You'll make money on forty eight out of fifty deals, okay, and you'll have some two, two of them that suck couple, maybe even a handful of them that break even, or you get out of them going, Woo, I'm glad we got out of that one. But uh, Abraham Gray is, you are correct. Make sure you've got equity in there. Um, if you're a private money lender, um, if you're a private money lender, first and foremost, go into our sub two Facebook group and find the post where I had Jill Jensen, one of our sub two students. I gave her an hour and a half one-on-one -on -one Zoom, and we talked all about how to lend money as a private money lender properly, okay? Yeah, Greg Kennedy says, as Grant says, I want big problems. Yeah. I had this thought today, dude, I'm so grateful for the people that are lazy. How's that? Why is that? I, was, I was actually, what I was thinking about wasn't so much about the laziness. I was thinking about, I'm so grateful for all the adversity that I face. I'm so grateful for how challenging everything always is, even at my point always challenges, always issues. It's new. Every new level has a new devil. And I was, I was sitting here with gratitude this morning. I was cleaning out my garage and repositioning things and just, you know, getting in the zone, listening to a podcast. And the thought that came to my mind was, I am so grateful for all of these challenges because 99% of people won't even face them. Therefore, there really isn't any competition. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. We think there's competition, but 99% of people don't even take action on anything. 99% of the population is not a competitor to me because they literally won't even try. Not because they're not good, because I'm not great. There's people so much better than me at so many things, but I win because I try and I am consistent. Do you ever feel like that? You're like, man, I don't know everything about everything. But here I am making I money every single day. Right. I learn every single day. And every challenge, every problem is just another learning lesson. Like, okay, I'm facing this. Like, I don't know how to deal with it. Like, I need to learn how to deal with this problem. And I'm learning something. And then the thing about that is, like, you do, and you've done for me and so many others, you know, you'll pass that down, right? I'm coming to you with problems, a couple problems in the last couple months. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, Lonza, do this and this. Well, now I learn from you. I go through the situation. I'll pass it down to the next person. They'll come to me. It's the campfire. That. Yeah. It's the real estate campfire. Get around people that are dealing with the same problems and you'll, you'll be able to solve those problems way faster. And that's the cool thing about a community is that you aggregate and, and create um, that information and you make sure it's all passed around as long as people are willing to listen to it. But what good is any information if there's nothing to apply it to? Right. I mean, uh, you're some people are like sitting here pouring gasoline on the logs. Yeah. There's people, no fire. So many people like, and it, it happens a lot, right? They come to you like pace. What if this and this and this and this, right? It's all hypothetical. And you're like, why are you worried about that? <laughs> so if I ever come to you, it's like with a real problem yeah. that's actually happening in real time. From the moment I met you three years ago <laughs> and the first couple of Zooms we did and hung out with each other, you were like, 
tell me what to do and I'll go do it. And I go, go create problems. And every time you came into a Zoom, you had your hand raised. I'm like, oh, Lonza has a problem. Boom. And I'm still creating problems. Oh, me to too, this day. bro. Me too. Every <laughs> every freaking day. And that's the that is the cool thing about all this is that we get to play this video game every single day where it's like a new level, a new boss, a new this. And I would say, like, you know, you're you're older than me. And so you've been on this journey of life a little bit longer than me. But wouldn't you just say that this journey is all just a journey of self-discovery? Yeah. It's like uncovering mindset issues that you've got to unlearn and then new ones that you have to recreate and habits that you have to form. Do you feel like that even at your age? Oh yeah. It's like, and part of this whole thing and people, I was talking to people, I haven't been in real estate forever and ever. I've been in other businesses, but yeah, it's a, it's a discovery. It's like part of this is like to discover this person that was in me. That's like, I want to give people, I love serving people. I love helping people and, and making a way for that to happen. And, just discover what's in there and learning something new every day, not just about real estate, although we we learn something new about real estate every day, but also about people, about life. yourself. Yeah. About myself. Yeah. Like about one the of the things about myself is like, I always had a really hard time delegating stuff. Mm. And I realized that like, I've known that about you <laughs> a couple of years ago. I think you've gotten better at it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I just I, remember the conversations we've had about it. Yeah. I wanted to advance at all i realized like if everything circles around me that i'll never move forward i'll yeah. never advance i'll never go to a higher level because i'll only go my ceiling will be me but if i surround myself with other people that can help me my really the sky's the limit right i mean you do that right you constantly are surrounding yourself with people and they're working with you that just elevate you to a higher place i mean look at the people as you've known me for three years you've seen me hire some amazing people like even Caroline Kane, I ended up hiring her for, you know, the daily dial. Um, Melissa, you see Melissa, Desua, Aria, you see Heidi, Allison, you see there's probably another, you yeah. know, half a dozen girls that you guys don't see. But look at Molly. Molly, Carly's. Carly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that woman is unbelievable. Car Carly, can you give me a thumbs up behind the screen so I can just there she is. <laughs> Two thumbs up and a heart. <laughs> I love you it, guys love don't it. get to see this, but Carly is like the biggest ray of sunshine in my world. <laughs> uh, we just love her so much. She's just, and then, you know, I just hired a personal assistant may as well. And it's like, how can and, and I look at her and I go, how can I make you a millionaire? Right. That's my thought is like, who can I hire to take things off my plate? And how can I make you a mil millionaire in the next 10 years? How do I, you know, bring all these people together and make sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, not just for the, um, overall organization, but also like you look at Carly Grunman who does work for the team or on the team, but she's out there. She's got her own podcast. She's doing her own investments. Your podcast, you're crushing that podcast is amazing, by the way. <laughs> can you put a link to that podcast in the side chat, Carly, please? So people can find out about it. Um, is there a, is there a sub two meetup at Disney in October? It is that being at Disney is the meetup, my guy. What we're going to be doing for the sub two community is everybody's going to be wearing the same shirt. We have not designed the shirt yet, but I mean, we've got, what do we got? We got May, June, July, August, September, October. So we've got six, six half a year. We've got a lot of planning to do in the next month or so. I think bigger pockets will actually be sold out. So make sure you guys buy tickets. Bigger pockets did sell out last year. A lot of people were frustrated with it. But it is what it is. They, it's a big event. Twenty seven hundred and fifty tickets is what they'll sell, and I think they're already they've already sold two thousand. So, 
Um, if you guys are trying to go to bigger pockets, buy the bigger pockets ticket. Now you can always buy the Disney ticket later, but what we're all going to do as a community, we're all going to hang out at bigger pockets convention together for three days. And then we're going to cap it all off with a big sub two reunion at Disney world. Everybody's going to wear the same color shirt. Then we're all going to have an app on our phone that splits us up into teams and we go out and we do scavenger hunts inside of Disney World. The way we do a scavenger hunt is like how many, well, it'd be more like a points-based system. You rode this ride, you got this many points. You ate this food, you got this many points. You rode this ride three times. Oh my gosh, you get this. We have somebody crafting an app for us that we can, uh, oh, it's going to be so cool, dude. <laughs> I did the same company. I uh, used them last year for um, a mastermind I was at. Somebody called me in the mastermind and it's one that I pay 30 grand a year to be a part of. And they call me up and they go, hey, um, can you craft the activity day for Sunday? And I go, sure. Where are we going to be? And they go, the Atlanta zoo. So I find a company that will craft and tailor an app all around scavenger hunts at whatever location you want for however amount of people. And they tailor the freaking app. It was like, go find the turtle in, um, the Atlanta zoo, whose name is Fred and take a picture of him with your face in it type of stuff. And it's like, you see 40 people over at the turtle area doing selfies and stuff. Selfies with Fred. Oh, it was so <laughs> freaking cool. And it's just like everything. And then it's, they knew all the inside information about the Atlanta zoo that people had to really go and fight to find these types of things. So Larry, the meetup is at Disney world. Okay. And Tanisha Epps is putting it together. So yes, we will have a blast. Okay. We will have a blast. Can I just go to Disney? I've never been. Julie, I would love to have you come. Please. We would love to have you there. Okay. Buy the Magic Castle sub two. That'd be sick. <laughs> that would be super sick. Um, I can't make a campfire. Paul, we can teach you. No problem. Okay. Kevin Emmanuel, is there a limit on the number of private money lenders an individual can qualify for? What tax classification will you be designated as? Kevin, I think that you are misunderstanding private money lending. Okay. You don't qualify for private money lending. Uh, in fact, Julie Burkhart, who I just tagged and Wesley Grant sub two AZ right here is one of my private money lenders. These are individual human beings that will give you money on your deals. You're not going to them and applying for a loan. You're building a relationship and, you're getting them to trust you. And then you're bringing a quality project to the table that they can fund for you. Okay. So I might, I think you might be misunderstanding or you might be confused of what private money lending is. Um, Robin says, I'm so blessed to have the opportunities that have been extended to me too. Me too, man. The best. I want to talk to you about that. I saw you yesterday after the event and I was like, I come to the event to learn. I mm -hmm. come to the event a lot to network, to just meet new people. And, um, but I was saying to you, like, somebody was asking me, well, you know, you've been in this mentorship for like three years and it's been an amazing experience and so much going on in real estate. And I said to them, the thing that is the most valuable is the friendships mm -hmm. that I have. And, you know, yesterday, Tyler came to me uh, and showed me all the pictures of him proposing to his fiance in Thailand. Yeah, that was cool. And, I mean, it's like just chill bumps. Going up and it's down like, yeah, it's like, like not, a son you're proud of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> never would have, never would have known Tyler if it wasn't yeah. for that community, never would have had that friendship, never would have that relationship. I and mean, you do this, you do this a lot more than I do, but everywhere I go, you know, I was in Tampa recently, did a meetup there. 
had friends, sub two students everywhere, go to Atlanta, have meetups there, DMV, I mean, everywhere, right? I just was down in SoCal. We did a meetup down in SoCal. We were down there for a couple of days. And it's like, is there anything that exists like that no. anywhere? Like I joined this thing and, and no matter where I go in all 50 states, I, I can go and do a meetup and just like give people hugs and be like, oh my gosh, I love you. It's the greatest. Have you been up to Boston yet? I have not, not yet. Bro, you and Anne have to get up to Boston and hang out with Suzanne Sharkey and Justin Tuminowski. It's just like, it's another world. Yeah, I, it was funny. Good good to see Tyler. Hey, Tyler. It was fun. Like I heard Tyler when I was speaking yesterday on stage, I heard Tyler's voice and I was like, oh, it's Tyler. It's just great that, you know, I don't consider myself a mentor at all. I consider myself a guy who built a community that I get a benefit off as much as you get a benefit off. We have friendships, we have uh, deals, we get private money lenders from. It is just an unbelievable ecosphere. So it is, we're just very, very lucky. Very, very, very lucky. Um, okay. Who knows Panama City area? What's a better first project? Fix and flip or wholesale? Um, okay. So here's a here's the thing. Find your home in Atlanta is your YouTube name. That means you're in Atlanta. I would not waste a moment of my time on Panama City. I would spend all my time in Atlanta because that is an amazing market. You've bought deals there. You have a you have a lease option that you still or you bought it on seller finance. You I bought it on seller finance. Yeah, just no, rented just, just rented it yeah yeah Over cash flow that was a couple of years ago that was like one of your first probably dozen deals yeah payments like for like two thousand. Mm. dang you're rich <laughs> you're rich uh, I, I don't know man if you look at my bank account right now you beg okay i got more money than you um so i would focus on on atlanta atlanta is one of the i'd say top 15 markets in the whole entire country um and why would you, people ask me this all the time. Do you ever get people ask you, Hey, uncle Lonzo, you want to look at a deal outside of the country? Do you ever get that? Yeah. But why? Yeah. Like, why would I do that? When I, there's so many deals here, I got enough to stuff. I, I will never be able to learn everything in American real estate in my life. It is a never ending source of new education every day. Why would I try and go and learn something somewhere else? Maybe if you want to move to Panama City at some point and retire there, I totally get that. But for me, I don't see the point. And so I would focus on Atlanta. Okay. And the second part of your question, what's a better first project, fix or flip or wholesale? All day long wholesale. Yeah. The first deals long. that I did were all wholesale deals. Yeah. Do you want to, the first time you want to, you go to the dentist, do you want to get your teeth cleaned or do you want to get a teeth pulled? Yeah. What's the answer? <laughs> cleaned. Clean. That's wholesale. It's like I went in. It was qu quick and easy. All right. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. I had some tools in my mouth. It was great. I walked out feeling refreshed and better. But you go in and you get a tooth pulled. That's like a fix and flip. Okay. You're going to have some pain. Fixing and flipping is not an easy thing. I've yeah. had really easy fix and flips. And even on my easy fix and flips, we're at the end of the project. We're about to close escrow and everybody on the team is doing this. Right. <laughs> crossing your finger please 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 nothing bad happened but wholesale it's like there's there's a lot of things that can go wrong in wholesale but they're easy to solve okay and they and it won't hurt you yeah it won't hurt you um pace you started me on my journey because of the book you recommended tax free wealth tom is the man i mean next to you hey thank you jared i appreciate that uh, a lot of people dm me and ask me for book recommendations um pace do we want to yes Kyle Frizzell, yes, give me a sub two deal right now. Uh, Kyle, DM me on Instagram right now. Let's do a deal live right now. Let's go. 
Um, who is operating in the silver living space? So everybody should know this in sub two. We've done, have you watched any of the silver living zooms we've done recently? I, I mean, I it's hard to keep up. <laughs> I need to watch that one though. Cause we actually have a place that has like three houses on in it and we wanted to turn it into a silver, silver living space. Have you... We had some, but we have some people that are already doing that. So we mm -hmm. were going to like JV and partner. There with you go. That. That's the way to do it. Now here is, did you, Watch the pad split zoom we did the other day. No, I actually I was I was texting Tanisha. Uh, Phenomenal. I was like, Tanisha, can you show me? Tell me where that zoom is. At? Oh, bro, you got, that's the one you got to go watch. Every, all sub two students, go watch the pad split zoom we did yet the other day. We're gonna did do. Did you do that on the, when you uh, on your regular Tuesday night? No, I do. I was. It was like Thursday, and I. So it was a special. It was a special. I, we emailed it out and we said special pace special surprise zoom and i brought in Pat, the owners of pad split and we did an hour and a half and it was so phenomenal i went out to the field the next day with eric and i took four properties off of rental and i put them on pad split yeah i gotta watch it thursday's not the best day for me i yeah. do the finding buyers with uncle Lawrence i know it was I actually do, during your zoom. thing called the whole sailors mastermind it was during your zoom i saw it on the calendar i was like crap <laughs> Um, but that's the great thing about our community. We get, you get, there's, there's live support just about all day long, every single day. Yeah. Pad split zoom was really good. Okay. Um, hey, what's up, dude? Uh, He's a Nor NorCal guy. Seller under contract changed his mind because he got a better offer. Do I just force the close? I want my money. Yes, of course you do. Sam Garcia, the seller cannot change his mind. The seller, um, unless you breach contract, if you did not close on time or you did not do something you were supposed to do or you used a bad contract, the seller actually has no right whatsoever to cancel that contract. Have you ever had that happen to you? Yeah, definitely. But we put memorandums on properties. And so they end up coming back to us being like, oh, you have a memorandum on this property. Like, I can't sell it unless you take this mm. off of there. Mm. So it's one, one of the solutions for that. But yeah, there's a contract. They, you know. Oh, you got, man, Mr. Lopez out of San Antonio. Did he just send you a deal? Yeah, he sent me a, a, a he's sending me a novation deal. Is it a Morby method? Oh, Morby method. Okay. Yeah. Send it to Molly. The one in Tempe this is a formal counter. I think it's called. Did you get, hey, Stefan, did you get the Stefan? Steph, Steph Curry. Did you did you get the one in Tempe? Um, let's see here. Let's see if Frazell DM me on Instagram. Let's see if he sent me a deal. I would love to buy a deal right now. Don't you love this? Doing deals live. Um, Sam, just going back to your thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, he can't get around that. I mean, if you're having problems, I'd enlist a lawyer to write him a, a friendly letter <laughs> informing him of that fact. But also... Always put a memorandum on a property. That'll kind of tie it up as well. So that's what we do. And we have sellers call us. They try to go around their back and front, you know. Oh, hey, you guys have a memorandum on this property. It's like, yes, we do. Kyle. Hey, how's it going? Tell me about this deal in Tampa. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, a sub two that uh, me and uh, Nathaniel Walker, mm -hmm. hey, There you go. Sorry, Turn, just yeah. Wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to mute it so I wasn't getting enough feedback. Uh, yeah, just got um, just closed on this property in uh, Tampa. 
it's a condo in, um, you know, just on the outskirts of Tampa okay. and, uh, sub two, I think it's like around a 4% interest rate. I want to say. Okay. How, how big is that circle that, that you're saying around 4%? Is it like 6.2%? No, definitely not that high, you know, give or take maybe 4.125% interest rate. Yeah, I think. Uh, let me pull up. My, so it sounds uh, like they originated the loan in 2022, in the very beginning of 2022. They've owned it less than a year, had no equity. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No equity and uh, just bought it and closed on it. We were going to uh, wrap it, but, you know, we'd be happy to, uh, you know, assign or sell it to you if it, uh, you know, makes sense for you. I would love that. Can you, can you text me the address and I can underwrite it and tell me what the, yeah. tell me what the entry fee is? Yeah, definitely. Let me, uh, just grabbing it now. I drove, I went to one of your wraps down in Santan Valley. How's that, how's that going? Uh, good. You know, we've gotten, uh, quite a lot of hits on that one, but not very many, uh, people with, uh, high enough down payments. You just got to wait in a couple more weeks. You'll find the guy. Oh, absolutely. No, we're, uh, that's a cute little house. I told Kevin Cho, I was like, tell Kyle to just sell this one to me. I'll take this house right now. Hey, we'd be potentially open to that. Yeah. If you can't find, if you can't find a buyer for that, or if you can't, yeah, if you can't find a wrap buyer in the next two weeks, sell that deal to me, I'll buy it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do. Okay. Thanks. Uh, let's see. You want me to, send you want me to just send you a text? Yeah, text me, it. Uh, address? Yep. Okay. We'll Thank do. you, brother. Thank you. Um, Got to leave money in the deal and get it flowing. Um, Pace, I'll pay you to find a buyer. I will find a buyer in two minutes on that deal. Yeah, You guys are not using a Hispanic real estate agent. That is the key. I will give you a... Actually, here's the problem. I'm your, I'm your mentor and I'm your friend and you've loaned me money. We're, we've done deals together. So I want you to win. But I also know that if I give you the resource that I use to find wraps here in Arizona or rap buyers, that means I, you'll sell the deal and you won't sell it to me. So hmm, what do I do? What do I do? So this is a, a deal he's trying to wrap in uh, Arizona. Um, I, yeah, it's a deal in Santan Valley, just like 30, 40 minutes South of here. I I'll, I'll give you the right resource for that. Should be more case. Have you ever had any ask whether sub two is possible in Australia? I, I don't know what to say about that. I, I am not that smart of a person, okay? I can only handle 50 states, okay? When you guys start throwing countries at me, it's like, I'm just not that smart. Yeah, I'm just not that smart. Um, Jared, I ha I'm meeting with PCS tomorrow for my LLC with my banker tomorrow to discuss HELOC on my home. Own $400,000 in equity. Any advantage to PCS versus HELOC? Well, PCS is a, an entity formation company, so they're going to help you sign up for an LLC. Oh, I'm not sure I understand your question. You're, you're either saying, hey, should I refinance or should I do the HELOC in my personal name or in my LLC that PCS set, sets up for me? Or maybe you don't understand that PCS doesn't give loans. You'll find that out. PCS will help you get business credit but they're not going to get you a HELOC, just FYI. You need access to money, and yeah, they don't have anything to do with that, but you can work with your bank to do that. Just be careful with what you're doing, you know, and be careful what you're doing with your money, like we're talking about. Don't 
don't do stupid stuff right now. Yeah, Joey Word, um, how do you put home insurance on a sub two deal where the buyer is buying in their personal name? Go into the sub two vault, type in insurance, and we have two Zooms that are two hours long to answer that question very deeply, Joey Word. You should know that. Um, yes. Thank goodness, Abraham. Abraham, what are we doing um, with that North, that Charlotte, North Carolina deal? Um, are we going to do a pad split on that, or are you not sold on pad split? I got to talk to Abraham. He's busy. I'm busy. It's great that he's we're got buying. a whole bunch of businesses. Going. He's crazy. He just opened another um, game thing in Atlanta. He's saying he's saying that for I this um, miniature golf. I should. He's going to get mad. It's, it's but it's like a really glorified miniature. Golf. Mm. Um, What's the name of that place, Abraham? It might be the one. It's similar to the one I've seen. They're opening on the west side here. It's like a really cool. It's like a top golf for like miniature golf. It's yeah. very cool. Um, we are doing a deal maker live event in New Jersey this year. And Abraham Gray, I believe, is going to have everybody go bungee jump. Would you go bungee jumping? You guys tried to get me to jump out of an airplane. I wasn't going for that, but I might do the bungee jump. I would be, I, I think I'd be more <laughs> afraid did. of the bungee. You, you jumped out of the plane, right? I had to convince myself <laughs> to not allow fear to enter my body. It took me about six hours to do that. It was, it was challenging. I would now, now I've done it. I would do it again. It's very easy. It's fun. Um, okay. Let's see here. Jesse. Sorry. I didn't see the answer. Okay. Great. 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 Yeah, I will loan somebody $200 and they ran off um, on me. No paperwork in place. Yeah, that's what happens. That 200 bucks. That, you got off easy. Yeah, and by the way, thank them. Say thank you so much that you only took $200 from me and showed me your true colors on only 200 bucks. I learned the lesson with a whole lot more money than that. So you're lucky. Jesse Barco. I have a property in Waco, Texas. That owner owns 80% and the other owner passed that. Oh, oh, the other owner that passed away owned 20% and her kids ended up getting it. Owner paid seven years on taxes. Other people haven't. He has also a turnkey home available. Okay, cool. Great story. I don't know what the question is necessarily, but Jesse, I will we'll be here for another couple of minutes. I'd love to see your actual question. Thank you so much. Um, let's see here. I definitely, see if you get, if you get deals in Waco, we got buyers in Waco. So let us know. Uh, Wes, you, you know, I'm not effing around with paperwork anymore. Well, Derek, my guy, we got, we got pretty good paperwork. You got to just be making sure you're, you're reading it and all that kind of stuff. Let's see here. Hayes is pretty is the pretty one. Laura is a smart one. Duh. For real though, my wife knows so much more about real estate than I do. Um, Chris James. What's up, Chris James? Good to see you, bro. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. I'm going to be in Rochester at the end of May. So we need to, we need to schedule a meetup then, bro. I'll, I'll hit you up. How will you cash flow in a place that is really high demand, but has an HOA restrictions on renting more than one? plus the property taxes in Texas. Would you do a wrap instead of or appreciation play? Um, I would do a wrap if it's in Texas or I would potentially do a sober living because a sober living is a protected class. Therefore, the HOA cannot tell you what to do on your property when there's a protected class in your property. That's a smart way to go. And I just learned something. Yeah. <laughs> um, he thinks, yeah, yeah, there we go. 
Wow, this has been this has been a great night, Wesley Grant underscore twenty one on Instagram. Um, Uncle Lonzo, how can people get a hold of you on Instagram? Uh, Instagram is Vincent underscore Douglas, I believe. I hope I'm telling you the right thing. Yeah, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. Okay, because you're I'm probably a little faster than you. Yeah, you probably are. Um, Vincent Douglas underscore. Thank you, that Carly. Is, boom. Thank you so much. No, she got it wrong. No, it's it is it's Vince, it is Vincent underscore Douglas. Is it? Yeah. Why is the first one that I see pop up? Or is it underscore after? Maybe it's right. underscores after Carly. Okay. Sorry, Carly. Who knows? I did that years ago when I had no idea what I was doing, and I still have no idea. There it is, Vincent Douglas underscore is his Instagram. Okay. Um, if you guys are trying to do deals, where are you guys looking to do deals? I know you're doing deals all in a lot of places. Um, yeah. I mean, right now we're, we're, I mean, we'll do deals anywhere, but we're kind of focused on the Southeast part of the United States. So Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, all those, all those states, South Carolina. Yeah. But you know, if you need help dispoing a deal, we just built up like our dispo department a lot. So got a deal you need help dispoing. We can help out with that. But, and, and we still do deals in California because I live there. So boom. Um, home helper. What's the best way to go about setting up so we're living center? Don't go find somebody who does sober living and JV with them. Let them run the project. You do not want to get involved in that business whatsoever. You should go out and find the next deal. Let them operate. That's what I do. We have a student in sub two. His name is Patrick. Patrick is a guy that I've um, rented multiple houses to. I make double the amount of money I would on a traditional rent and he operates the facility and I don't have to do anything with it. So that's the way to do it. If you're a sub two student and you want to watch the sober living training, we've done two of them so far. We're going to end up doing a third one probably in two weeks. And then um, we're going to build a little mini course for everybody in sub two to um, watch how we up, we um, onboard a new sober living home that, um, is a fresh boy. Like I just bought it. How do we turn this into sober living? What are the things, the check, the check boxes I got to check off to make it a sober living and start getting those checks coming in. We're going to do that in the next couple of months. Um, boom. This is great guys. If you are, um, Juliana says I'm in the Gator method trainings. Um, where can I get the sub two training? I do a lot of sub two stuff on my YouTube for free. Uh, you do not get access to the community in sub two, but um, if you need sub two students, Juliana, make sure you tell people in the comments, this is where I'm at. Who wants to link in with me? One of the most important things you could ever do is make friends with the sub two student and bring them deals. And that is the best way to learn sub two is learn from a sub two student by bringing them deals. You've had a lot of non-students bring you deals, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, Definitely, like uh, everybody here in the sub two community, like we're more than happy to work with you, and um, you know we'll bring our creative financing knowledge to the table. Boom! <laughs> um, last question of the night. Okay, better be a good one. By the way, uh, Houston man alive. Houston has been doing this power hour every single week. So shout out to everybody down in Houston. Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith. Oh my gosh, man! Like they've been doing such a freaking what great did they job. What's the power hour? So they all get together in one room and they just make calls like all together. And everybody, even the people that are fearful of like, oh my gosh, I don't know. What, get on the phone right now. Or we're, we're going to take your cowboy boots and you can't be a cowboy anymore. Whatever. I don't know what the big threat in Texas would be, but something along those lines. Um, but yeah, Houston's been doing that every single Saturday, which is cool. 
Um, Dylan Brown says, I'm bringing Lonza deals. Uh, Dylan, he had dinner with Uncle Lonza last night. Yeah, we did. We had a great time. Yeah, she was great. He's he's super cool. She's a little cooler, but he he is very cool too. Um, okay, here, here's the last question of the night. Jeremiah Rosa. Seems like sober living and pad split are two great exit strategies for larger homes. How do you how do you decide? Pad split does not need you to have a larger home. Pad split, unlike sober living, pad split actually allows you to take your living room and your garages and other miscellaneous unused space and turn them into bedrooms as long as it's 80 square feet or larger. Oh my gosh, you can rent in pad split will find the tenants, screen the tenants, fill your house, collect the payments, take a 15% fee off of it. And you can turn a, like, I've got a deal. I don't, maybe you don't know about this, but I had a deal I bought last year at the right time, at the right time until my JV partner bailed out on me and I had to change my exit strategy. Then it became the worst time to buy that house because the market then trended downward. I also find out the day I buy the house that there's a tenant living in the house that has lived there for 43 years that hasn't paid any rent. 43 years. <laughs> okay. Not a joke, by the way. No. I, I, I Crazy. Yeah, I mean, crazy. you've heard, you probably heard crazier things, but that was that's, definitely top 10. Way up there, yeah. It's way up there. So 43 years, it was the daughter of the owner. She had paid, she paid rent for the first three years she lived there. And then the preceding 43 years did not pay a dollar. Finally, the mom's like, I'm about to die. And I can, I'm not going to die letting you just live in this house. I'm selling it and letting somebody else evict you. So she sells it to me. The lady, her name is Mercedes, sues me and says that she's the owner because she lived there so long and she claimed adverse possession. This is amazing. This is a house I currently own. So um, I refinance it into a long-term loan because I've got, I got hard money loans. Shout out Chloe, my private money lender. She, she loaned money to me on that deal. I refinanced her out because I'm like, this is going to be a battle and it's going to take a long time. So I don't want to hemorrhage with hard money. I'd rather switch to a long-term conventional loan. So um, the property's a two bed, one bath. It's a little dinky thing. It lost $100,000 in value because of the market. It was like one, in the, one of the neighbors that just got hit really hard. And then I find out about pad split and I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, this rental that I just put a bunch of money into is going to break even best case scenario, probably going to lose $300 a month for a couple of years until I can kind of get my, my way out of it. And then pad split comes on the scene and they go take that carport and turn it into three bedrooms. And now all of a sudden that property is going to cash flow me a thousand dollars a month. So pad split brings another exit strategy to the table that I was not aware of. And um, I am so freaking excited about it. The owners of Pad Split are going to come down to Vegas and help me set up four of these properties. They're, they're like, make sure they're like, we, they came into the community last week and they're like, we want to focus on the sub two community and let you guys and like expand you guys nationwide with this exit strategy. So if you have any properties that are like, yeah, I do not doing the great greatest, they're doing okay, but they could do better. Think about doing Pad Split. Got it. They'll amplify your cash flow like crazy. I am on it. Love it. Very, very cool. So guys, thank you so much for get uh, showing up for Get Creative. And thank Carly Grunman in the side chat. She is the only reason I show up to this every single Sunday. Um, without Carly, I would not be here. I wouldn't be consistent. She's the best. 
human being on the planet. I'm about to pop her up on the screen, but I know she'll have a heart attack. So she's like, <laughs> she's no, like, no don't, do that. don't do that. Come on, Gordy. Guys, we love it. We love you guys so much. It's so fun to hang out with the sub two community. And for those of you guys that are not in the sub two community, please link in with the sub two community. They will help you um, if you need private money, if you have deals you need funded, if you have deals you don't know how to structure, if you have leads that you don't know how to talk to the sellers, reach out to the sub two community and they'll help you out. I'm here to help. We're all here to help. So hit me up. Boom. Vincent Douglas underscore on Instagram. Send him a DM. In fact, tag him. Take a screenshot of this. Put it on Instagram stories and tag Uncle Lonza, which is at Vincent Douglas underscore on Instagram. We'll see you guys next week on Get Creative.